Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this week's episode, we're going to hear from Ange Stump. We're going to hear about Ange's story and God's work of grace in her life, and also going to have a conversation with Ange about women's ministry at Gresham Bible Church. What's its purpose, and what has she learned along the years of leading women's ministry? Hope that this episode will encourage and challenge you as you hear from Ange and God's work in her life. Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. I'm Mike Dahl, and with me today is a very special guest, Ange Stump. Ange, thanks for being on Life Together. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What do you think of this amazing setup that we have? Well, first of all, I noticed the very fancy mic that I'm speaking into, and I appreciate that because, um, as you know, I'm a very fancy person. Very fancy. So I only um, would have accepted this if it was extraordinarily fancy. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So your expectations yes. have been met. Good. Yes. Okay. Well done. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation today for GBC to get to know you better, even though many already know you. And kind of the whole purpose of why we're doing this is to hear one another as uh, fellow church members, as brothers and sisters in Christ, talk about Jesus and the gospel and how it's worked in our lives life, get to know each other better. So looking forward to our conversation today. So let's just jump right in. Ange, what should we know about you? Um, I think one thing that you should know about me besides the fact that I'm very fancy yes, is that I am probably the most reluctant women's ministry leader that you could ever have. <laughs> that That's not entirely true. I think the story, as you will hear later on, I was originally the most reluctant. Now... I absolutely love my job and could not imagine doing something different. Oh, that's awesome. Little spoiler for what's to come. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. How about, tell us more about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Um, What do you do for work? What's your dog's name? All that important stuff. all the important things. I will mention my dog before I mention my husband and my children. (laughs) My dog is Felix and he is 14 and he is morbidly obese. And um, he, I love him dearly, but much to the chagrin of my husband, he has survived many, many, many years and is still probably going to survive through, <laughs> through many things. I joke with him that he will probably, um, that our kids are going to leave the house and I'm going to die and then Felix will become Dan's support <laughs> animal. He's going to sleep with him all the time. It's going to be great. Anyways, um, so about me, so I was born and raised in Gresham. My parents still live in this house that I grew up in, Mm -hmm. and it's less than a mile from the house that I live in now, which makes it sound like I've never done anything or gone anywhere in my life, which is not totally true. But um, clearly, I love Gresham. I love the community. I love my family. My kids are going to the same high school that I went to, which is awesome. Very cool. Um, So I grew up in church. My dad was actually one of the founding pastors of Good Shepherd. Um, So I was like almost born in a pew type of thing. Um, Grew up as a pastor's kid. And um, I think never really had a huge um, rebellious period. I think I always kind of... um, like I, I saw my parents really walking out their faith and mm-hmm. not just kind of saying, um, you know, not just talking the talk, but actually walking the walk. And I think that was really um, instrumental for me growing up, seeing kind of the reality of what it was for them. And I think there's several different points, of course, like in everybody's life where they, um, the, you know, where my faith became my own for sure. And not yeah. just something that I, you know, was inherited. Um But yeah, I am married to Dan. We actually met in fifth grade. Wow. Which is kind of fun, although we didn't actually start dating until our senior year of high school. So we were really good friends up until our senior year, and then we both decided that, actually, he decided before I did, but um, decided, oh, actually, I think 
I think this could be more than friends. And it was automatically kind of more serious than any relationship that we had ever had. And Strong move, Dan Stump. Yeah, yep. he just went for it, man. He didn't even know what I was going to say. And he just was like, I like you. We can make this work. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's do it. So, um, so we have been married. Actually, this summer will be 20 years. Congratulations. Married, which is actually half my life. Man. So I just turned 40. And um, yeah, married for almost 20 years now and we have two boys Jake is 16 he's a sophomore at Barlow and Ty is 15 and he is a freshman at Barlow so so you don't have anything going on we'll no. talk a little more in a minute with a uh, intense job women's ministry yeah. role here at GBC yep. uh, wife to two teenage boys mm-hmm. mom to two teenage boys and wife wow okay yes. all right well and, oh and I, I guess I didn't say that I work as a nurse um, I started out in the ER I was in the ER for 16 years before I um, decided that it was that I was super burnt out <laughs> and yeah. hated my job and was like okay I can do something different so I now am a nurse in the recovery room in PAC you, which is post anesthesia care unit, which is a very fancy way to say that. Um, but I love, I love my job now and I just work part-time. So when my kids were little, I worked just maybe once a week, maybe. Um, now I work either twice or three days a week and it works okay. out really well. So. Wow. Yeah. And how about what do you enjoy hobbies, things you enjoy to do for fun, recreation stuff? Yeah. I love to read. I love to um, I love to go out to coffee with friends. If that's a hobby, coffee. Sure, it sounds like a great hobby. I think it's a great hobby. Um, I really do enjoy. Um, yeah, I enjoy being with with my kids. Honestly, I love I love my teenagers. I feel like a lot of people can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> because teenagers are kind of the worst sometimes. But <laughs> my I love my boys. I think watching my boys play basketball or do sports or watching them laugh together is like mm. one of my favorite things. So um, I also love to um, to travel. We haven't traveled. Well, we've traveled a little bit, but we get to go to Maui this summer it's my favorite place in the world and being with Dan who I've known since fifth grade and um, I just love being with him we just have a a really fun time together we love each other we actually like each other all those things that's awesome very sappy I have so many follow-up questions right Uh now Um, I'll go with a few what are some of your favorite books Ooh, I am a sucker for a good murder mystery. <laughs> okay. I know that okay. people are really disappointed and they think that it should be something very spiritual. No. But yeah. it's besides the Bible, of course, which is my first and foremost favorite book. <laughs> I think my second favorite are the murder mysteries. And I really, um, I think a lot of people know this about me too. Um, Becca, who's Becca Kinzer, shout out Becca. Um, <laughs> lived with us for four and a half years. She's Dan's sister. Mm-hmm. And um, Becca and I got really hooked on all of the murder mystery, like true crime shows like Dateline and 48 Hours Mystery and things like that. So um, I also have joked with people that if you ever need to get rid of a body, I am probably a good person to ask to help you figure that out. So wow. I'm, I'm okay. your girl. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that on your resume? It, it should be on yeah, yes. <laughs> that's great. Okay. And we'll also get to the stage where I am your women's ministry leader and <laughs> yes. we should maybe talk about more spiritual things. Uh, than this, that's great. No, that's right. what I feel like life has to be about balance. Yeah. Let's just you know. be honest and yeah. transparent. Yep. That's good. How about lots of follow up questions, but I'm going to take advantage of this moment with you on the podcast. So tell me about Dan in fifth grade. Do you remember oh. when you first met in fifth grade? Like what was he rocking? Mm-hmm. What was he wearing? Well, he had a sweet um, part down the middle of his hair (laughs) with the kind of undercut situation. Situation? Um, I will say that there was a period of time where I did not really like Dan very much. He kind of was a little too big for his britches, I think, at one point. But um, he grew out of that. He matured past Mm -hmm. fifth grade. Good job, Dan. Um, and then he became one of my closest guy friends. I just really loved, we had a, we had a couple classes together and, um, 
<clears throat> he was just a really, he was always one of my favorite people to be around. And we had a great group of friends that went through high school together and um, we had a really fun time together. And so it was just kind of, it honestly was funny on our first, very first date that we went on was to Jamba Juice. Actually, I think it was Ooh. called Zuka Juice at that time. Okay. Jamba <clears throat> Juice. And we sat there and it was so funny because we were like, what do we even talk about? Like we know each other already. Well, yeah. And so obviously it's not like we didn't have anything to learn about each other, but it was really kind of fun. I think even getting to know his family before I was like the girlfriend or the potential in-law or mm. whatever. Like so I you knew, knew what you were getting in for. I did. Yeah, that's oh, good. Okay. John and Anne. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how about, just real quick, uh, how did Dan propose? Can you tell us that story he, real quick? He did a really good job. So I am, this is another thing that you should know about me. I'm not super over-the-top girly girly, and mm-hmm. I don't, like if Dan would have written me poetry, I think I honestly would have laughed in his face, <laughs> which is probably not what he you know, not what a guy who writes poetry is going to really want for a girl to laugh in his face. But he did actually write me a letter that he had me. We went out to dinner at this really nice restaurant and I actually did not know that he was going to propose to me. So I knew we had already talked about the fact that we wanted to get married. So I knew that it was coming eventually, but this was over a Christmas break and we both were home and he was like, let's just go out for a nice dinner on Christmas break or whatever. So I just thought it was like his Christmas present to me Uh was taking me out to a nice dinner. And then we, it was on the waterfront in downtown Portland and we um, walked afterwards and he kind of steered me in the direction of like walking right up in front of the waterfront. And he was like, actually, have I have your Christmas present for you and he pulled out a um, a letter and he goes I want you to read it out loud and I was like what I'm reading this out loud so I read it and it was just kind of talking about our relationship and stuff and then it and then it got to the very last page and it said so that just leaves one thing and I looked at him and he got down on one knee and I was like oh, what <laughs> so he did a good job oh that's awesome I think yeah. it's fun to have people retell that story yeah. right so yeah very cool okay how about Ange so we want to get to know you more mm-hmm. hear God's work in your life lots of things we could talk about but if you could share with us briefly your testimony you kind of shared some you're a PK you grew up in the mm-hmm. church but that doesn't save you so sure. what's your testimony yep So I think that um, a huge part of my story is actually related to a lot of medical problems that I've had Mm -hmm. in the past, which actually probably led, well, definitely led me to choosing the nursing career and then also eventually choosing women's ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was in high school, Actually, it was before that, but when I um, started having a lot of of abdominal pain and um, ended up having a tumor on one of my ovaries oh, wow. and it was I was 15 and I had this major surgery to mm-hmm. took out a huge tumor and um, I think it was then that I realized that I um, well first and foremost I really don't like to be needy. Mm-hmm. I think I don't like to be, um, I, I don't like to highlight my weaknesses. <laughs> okay. I like to be strong and capable. And I think even at 15, I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Until I wasn't. Like I literally got to a point where I was in so much pain that I couldn't walk. And I realized that I needed to ask for help. And that began a... Um, medical um, adventure. So I've had lots of different surgeries since then. And um, just kind of, basically every time I was trying to do things on my own, I didn't really need help. I didn't really want people to see any weakness in me. Like I wanted to be just, I'm the easygoing kid. I'm the easygoing teenager. I'm not super, and even just, we joke about like me not being overly romantic. Like I don't need people to shower me with presents and gifts and all that stuff. Like I'm good, I'm okay. 
Um, and then just realizing that the Lord, um, starting when I was 15, kind of was breaking me of the, um, you are actually not self-sufficient. Like you can't actually do all the things that you want to be able to do. And so like I had to quit playing volleyball that I love to play. And I had to, you know, a few other things where I couldn't do some things because of recovering from surgeries and things like that. So, um, when I was, well, actually going back almost exactly nine, nine years ago, um, I had some shoulder pain and went in for an MRI because I had had this um, kind of long story, got, got um, in an accident my um, senior year of high school and had a bunch of neck pain from that. And I had had, um, I kind of felt like one side of my neck was a little bit, almost like a little bit thicker, like a little bit bigger than, mm-hmm. than the other side, but it didn't feel like a specific lump or th- something like that. Anyways, I, um, I had talked to my doctor about it before and she was like, I think it's just probably scar tissue from your accident and I think whatever. But when I started getting the shoulder pain, I thought that maybe this neck pain had Um, or my scar tissue and my neck had pushed on something that was creating the shoulder pain. So I ended up getting an MRI. My worst case scenario in my head was I'm going to have to get surgery to remove some of this scar tissue so that then my shoulder, you know, won't Mm -hmm. won't hurt anymore. And um, I will never forget. I was actually, this is another shout out. I was with Faith Harden. Faith was over at my house and our kids were playing together and I get a phone call and it's from my doctor and Faith was leaving with her kids. And so I just um, decided that, um, that I would take the call. And as Faith is leaving, um, the doctor on the, on the phone was saying, um, we got your MRI results back and it looks like you have cancer. Mm. And I like, it was the most out of body probably experience that I think I've ever had where I was Mm -hmm. like, I was hearing myself talking and I wasn't even sure what I was saying. It was almost like this echoey sort of feeling where I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. So my kids at that point were in kindergarten and first grade. And I thought, oh my goodness, I have cancer and not only does this mean that, you know, I just, of course, went down the rabbit trail of like, are my kids going to grow up without a mom? Mm-hmm. Am I going to have to watch my husband grieve over me before I die? Like, mm-hmm. these were the questions that all of a sudden I'm face to face with. Um, and I think that up until that point, I think that I always, um, again, like not having a huge rebellious period in my life, like I always kind of felt like when hard things happen, like I hope that I'm going to hold on to my faith, Mm -hmm. but I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I will. I know that God will be faithful to me, but I'm just, I'm not sure if I'll be faithful to him. Like if something really difficult happens. And so this was the kind of life changing moment for me where I was like, okay, am I going to choose to hold on to the Lord through this or am I going to curse God and die basically? Yeah. Yeah. So a much longer story, it was almost a month before we figured out um, I had gone to um, the doctor's office and gotten some biopsies that were inconclusive and so eventually had surgery got a huge chunk of my neck took taken out and um and i uh basically after six days of waiting for biopsy results i was really sure at that point that something was awful and that it was going to be horrible and so through that whole experience dan and i had really um like we, it had really kind of solidified our faith and mm-hmm. really our our love for each other and just our um, commitment to the Lord and um, and my boys even as kindergartner and first grade like we told them everything. I mean we we did not want for them to be surprised. Yeah. We didn't want for this to come out of nowhere. We wanted for them to pray for us and um, and then so anyway spoiler I lived. Um, <laughs> Six days later, they told me it actually wasn't cancer. It was some weird tumor that he wrote a paper about because he'd never seen it before and mm. things like that. So 
um, that really was a kind of pivotal experience for me where um, I had kind of mentioned before, I, I really felt like I walked through the valley of the shadow of death mm-hmm. and um, and I really felt the Lord's presence with me, like in a way that I had never, ever experienced before. And so ever since then, it's not like I have never struggled with anything after that. Yeah. But I think I think having that experience um, so solidified the fact that whether I, um, you know, whether everything turns out okay or not, like mm-hmm. the Lord's going to walk through that with me. Mm-hmm. Um, another little, uh, well, not little, it was a big thing that happened after that. Um, so we, you know, of course we had prayed that the Lord would save my life and, um, and he did. And I was super excited and and thankful for that. And I think, um, that definitely led me to kind of think about my life and just think Mm -hmm. about, okay, I know it's important for me to be a wife. I know it's important for me to be a mom to Jake and Ty and, um, um, and I know that my job as a nurse is important, but I um, I just kind of took stock about like what are the things that that matter to me, yeah. and what do I think is important, and how can I um, kind of move forward in that. And um, so as I'm thinking through kind of what what is the it it really did feel like the Lord almost like reached out his hands and said, okay, here's your life back. Hmm. Like, what are you going to do with it? Hmm. And, um, and it really wasn't even a matter of like, what am, what am I going to muster up? It was really like, what do, what do I want from you Yeah. now that I, you know? And so I had to go through this period of like, okay, Lord, whatever it is that you want me to do, I want to do that. Hmm. I want to be where you want me to be. Um, and, uh, so kind of moving, moving forward a little bit, jumping forward before that, just kind of thinking about how I had said, you know, I knew that the Lord had answered our prayers. And I knew that even though I had, you know, kind of walked through this valley of the shadow of death, like it, it felt like, well, okay, God answered my prayers. So therefore I now feel like God is going to always answer my prayers and that things are always going to be okay. Yeah. And, um, one of the other, um, kind of you know, big things in my life was, um, it was just after that, it was um, a couple months after that, we actually unexpectedly found out that we were pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And it was the biggest shock because we had thought that we couldn't have any more kids. And it was just this, I, it like took a while for us to wrap our heads around it. And then we got super excited about it. And, um, and then I had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, Lord, why? Like, I didn't even ask for that. Like, we did, we weren't even planning to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. We didn't anticipate it. We didn't whatever. And yet you gave us this gift. And are you going to take it away? Like, I don't understand why you would do that. And I think um, my boys, I realized that my boys were learning that you pray to God and you ask him for things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the Lord answers your prayers in the way that you want him to. And sometimes he answers your prayer, but it's not in the way that you want him to. And I think that was really, I think that was a huge key for me in even just explaining to my boys that yes, we lost this baby died. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes we pray that the Lord would you know, do things and he chooses to answer differently. And that doesn't mean that God is any less faithful or that Mm -hmm. God is any less able to answer our prayers. Mm -hmm. And so, um, anyways, I think, um, you know, those two things as much as they were like kind of polar opposite almost, um, just kind of solidified to me that even, you know, in the Lord saving my life, but also in the Lord, um, choosing to to um you know take the life of my baby that he is not any less worthy of mm-hmm. my love and my faithfulness to to him and that he's not any less faithful to me because he didn't answer the prayer that I mm-hmm. you know wanted him to so Amen Ange. Um yeah. Yeah, I 
I really appreciate you sharing that. And I hope when people listen to this podcast, they can reflect on what you've just shared. And, and the purpose of this podcast and why we have different members of Gresham Bible Church on is to help us hear how God has worked in one another's life. And that helps each of us then faithfully and joyfully trust and follow Jesus. That doesn't always mean it's easy. And mm. it doesn't always mean life goes the way that you think it's going to go or you want it to go. And I just really appreciate what you just shared right there. And what a benefit for your boys to learn some of that already, mm -hmm. to trust God in, in the valleys too, even when mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. So yeah, thanks yeah. for sharing all of that. Yeah. 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 You're welcome. Um, so I want to talk about and just hear what this has kind of looked like in your life. You're, you're working through some of this already, but it's helpful to hear one another talk about it. So we, we trust in the gospel. So when we use the gospel here at GBC, we're not just trying to be like hashtag or bumper sticker or mm -hmm. just to throw around empty words. So we mean the objective gospel, who Jesus is, what he's done, the good news, creation, fall, redemption, new creation, right? So that's kind of the backdrop. But then in the day-to-day -day of Christian life, this side of new creation, we struggle. There's that mm -hmm. battle, that tension, right? So I'd love to hear you kind of uh, talk about some of that. And specifically what I want to kind of hang our hat on for our conversation is Colossians 1.23. I'll just read it and then we'll, we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. So Colossians 1.23 says, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. So Angie, in, in your life, where do you find yourself most prone to shift your hope from the gospel? Mm -hmm. What does that look like in your life? Yeah, I think um, what I kind of shared before about me wanting to not have any weaknesses mm -hmm. or me wanting to just be strong and capable, I think that oftentimes um, I want to lean on my own understanding instead of on the Lord. And um, so many times it has, like I said, it's taken literal physical ailments. I almost think about, you know, Paul and the thorn in the flesh and all that stuff mm -hmm. where it's like um, God's constant reminder to me that I don't have it all together and I don't um, not just not have it all together, but that I, I can't control the things that happen in my life. I can't um, I can't be I, I am going to have weaknesses. And I think that one of the verses that is probably the most that is the most important to me is Second um, Corinthians twelve nine, where it says, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." Mm. And um, I, I hate that. Like I hate being weak. <laughs> and and so the second part of that verse says, "Therefore I will boast." boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that Christ's power may rest upon me. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, oh, I don't want to boast in my weaknesses, but I mm -hmm. do want Christ's power to rest on me. Mm -hmm. And I think that in so many ways, like the Lord has just made it so clear, like, nope, I'm going to take you down a notch here. Nope, I'm going to take you down here. And I'm, and that has actually been his kindness to me. Wow. Um, where it's it, it has made me a lot less self-sufficient yes and um i mean not that i was to begin with but that i had this illusion of self-sufficiency mm. um and so yeah i think that's definitely where i proned where i am prone to wander mm -hmm. is in doing things in my own strength and doing things in okay. my own power and not yeah. relying upon the lord for um you know, for his wisdom and yeah. I, I want to rely on my own wisdom. And I realize over and over with the humbling that comes mm. from the Lord. Um, Cause he disciplines those whom he, he loves, right? Does. Yeah, he does. And yeah. it hurts sometimes, but then it's always, I really, I'm really thankful that the Lord has like shown me in that, that it is because of his love that he's doing that. Amen. Um, so that yeah. actually is a good segue into um, talking about, why um, I'm doing women's ministry. Let's go for it. Why are you Do doing it. women's ministry, Inch? So after this whole 
life-changing event of this big old tumor in my neck. Um, I had that moment of, okay, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. So, um, oh, probably, I don't know, a, a month after that, maybe, I had asked my friends and a bunch, you know, people around me, I was like, will you just pray with me about... I feel like God is going to ask me to do something big and I I don't know what it is, but I want to like, I want to be, I want to be willing to do whatever God Mm. wants me to do. So I start praying. I'm like, Lord, will you please just show me what it is that you want me to do? So I get a phone call from Terry Wood, who um, many of you original GBCers will remember Terry. Terry had been doing women's ministry. And um, she called me and she said, so, Ange, I I have to step down from women's ministry. I just got a full-time job. I just, I can't put in the amount of work that I need to put in to do it. And um, I I want for you to consider doing mm-hmm. it. I, I want for you to take it over. And I said, I mean, I'm not even joking. It was like a split second. I was like, no. <laughs> uh-uh. So you've been asking your friends to pray for yeah. this. And the question comes like, yeah. Nope. And I'm like, nope, that's yep. definitely not it. <laughs> okay. So she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, absolutely. Sure, that's not it. That's definitely not the thing that I'm supposed to do. So I hang up with her and I kept thinking about it. And it was totally the Holy Spirit that kept, you know, so as I'm praying, not even joking, Lord, please show me what it is that you want me to do. And I have this in the back of my head, like you should do women's ministry. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm sure that it's somewhere else that I am supposed to serve because in my mind, and I I wrote an email not very long ago that kind of said a little bit about this. In my mind, women's ministry was um, a bunch of like fluffy theology and Mm. very um, overly girly, like crocheting doilies and, you know, listening to just, you know, crying all the time and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And I don't, honestly, I don't even know why that was in my head. That's not the way Terry did it. And that's not the way that I had even grown up with it. But you had these misconceptions. Totally had these misconceptions of women's ministry where you had to just look perfect all the time. And it Mm -hmm. was very superficial. And um, I just didn't want to have any part of that. I was like, and honest, to be really honest, women can be very dramatic. And I just... Mm -hmm was like, I just don't think I want to do that. I don't think that's me. So, and I have boys, like, come on. I'm a mom of boys. I would rather watch my boys play basketball than watch Sense and Sensibility. Sorry, sorry, Liz. I know that's your favorite movie. Um, but I uh, I didn't even tell Dan, to be honest. I didn't even tell him that Terry had asked me to do women's <laughs> ministry because I knew that he would try to talk me into it. And I was yeah. like, I don't want anybody to try to talk me into this. So then, like a couple weeks later, not a joke, Virgil wrote Dan an email and said, what would you think about asking Ange to do women's ministry? Mm-hmm. And Dan said that to me. And he goes, "He, this is how much my husband knows me. He goes, I'm assuming that's a quick no. <laughs> and I just said, ah. Oh. And he goes, oh, my gosh, are you thinking about doing it? And I was like, I'm trying not to. Yeah. And he's like, what? You should do it. I'm like, well, no, I don't. I don't want to do it. And I think. Um, so were you being oh, dramatic right I there? I was being a, a little dramatic. <laughs> OK, I'm just asking. I know. OK, all right. Yeah. I was. Thank you, Mike. For pointing <laughs> You're <that>. welcome. <laughs> the Lord is humbling me even at this moment. No. Um, but I. Um, I threw, you know, another little story. I talked to Virgil about it. I basically went through the whole thing of like the reasons why I didn't want to do women's ministry. And he just sat there and was, you know, was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he got, I got to the end of it and he goes, all of those reasons that you just said why you don't want to do women's ministry is exactly why I think that you should do it. Oh, wow. And I, I had kind of saved my last little, uh, my, my, my biggest reason. For last, and I said, "Okay, all right." But Virgil, don't you think that if God wanted me to do women's ministry, that He would give me the desire to do it? Mm-hmm. Because I don't have that desire to do it. Like mm. it terrifies me, and I don't, I don't want to do it. And I will never forget. He goes, "Ange, sometimes the Lord just asks us to obey." Wow. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, (laughs) now I have to do it. That's all there is to it. So 
the the great part that the great part I really do like my job you guys I really do um is that when I finally was like okay it's so obvious now it almost I mean it definitely felt like I would be disobedient if mm-hmm. I didn't do it and so I actually wrote Virgil an email that not a joke in all caps I wrote the word fine <laughs> and then I said I will do it like, I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, I am really kind of terrified about it. Like, I'm going to have to pull a lot of people in here with me because I don't know what to do. I'm still, I feel like I'm too young, you know, all this stuff. And then I sent the email to him and I sat back in my chair and I kind of folded my arms and was like, all right, Lord, I'm doing it. Yeah. And I kid you not, and this is so gracious of the Lord to do this, that I sat there and I was like, Oh my gosh, I totally want to do this. Mm. And it was so good of the Lord to be like, no, what I am asking you to do is actually going to be what's best for you and you're going to love it. That's awesome. And I do love it. Mm. It turns out after all these years of, and really, honestly, it was just more me saying yes and the Lord being super gracious to um, teach me a whole lot over the night. I mean, I'm still learning a lot, Um, but just I got to say, okay, you know what? Women's ministry is not about crocheting doilies together and it's not about, you know, it's about actually being real with one another and like growing in our faith and mm-hmm. um and i think that women's ministry is i mean besides you know my actual choice to follow the lord and my choice to get married and to have kids like it is definitely one of the top things in my life that is that has grown me in my relationship with the lord mm-hmm. for sure and yeah. then just really grateful to the Lord for um, for making it obvious that I needed to do it. Yeah. I love hearing you remember and explain what happened to tell the story because that's like a tangible real life example. Just looking at you right now as we're recording this podcast of taking that step of obedience and then the Lord um, making you more aware of that desire that was there yes. and giving you the joy in it because following yes. God's always best. And sometimes exactly. we feel that pull ahead of time, but sometimes not. And so sometimes you took not. that step of faith. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. Yeah, yep. yeah. How about, so I want to hear more about women's ministry, but just kind of thinking about you and maybe mm-hmm. that time in your life and just who you are and how you're wired. So you're also a nurse, like mm-hmm. you shared with us earlier, which I think is awesome. I know you've helped our family, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that, how has the gospel mattered to you in your professional career too? Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really helpful for us to hear you talk about that, and then we'll kind of have that as a layer of your story, sure. and then talk more about women's ministry too. Yeah. Um, I think for sure being an ER nurse, uh, just being faced with literal life and death um, a lot and um, realizing that a lot of my coworkers didn't have the same um, relationship with the Lord that I did. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the people that I worked with um, were Christians and loved the Lord, but I would say mostly not. And... um, just I feel like the difference um, in the way that I am able to show love to my patients hmm. is different because of me knowing that the Lord shows love to me even when I am not lovely to him. Hmm. And I'll be honest, patients in the ER most of the time are not very lovely. Yeah. <laughs> They're not very easy to love. And I get it. Like I've been a patient in the ER before. Like when you are sick or in pain, mm-hmm. scared, not knowing what's going on, like we are not at our finest moments. <laughs> it's just true. True. Yep. So, and I work in Southeast Portland mm-hmm. at Adventist and there's just, it's a difficult, it's just a difficult demographic and just a lot of of hurting people that would come in and I think that um, I definitely was not always awesome at this but I think that I had a different level of um, a different level of compassion that didn't Mm -hmm. just go towards the humanitarian wanting to Mm -hmm. save the world type of thing but just yeah just kind of having the understanding of he 
you know, while we were still sinners, he died for us. Yeah. And that um, it wasn't because we were lovely. Mm-hmm. It was because Amen. he chose to love us. And yeah. just being able to show that compassion to my patients, mm-hmm. I think, is something that's really important. And that also just gives me a different perspective on being able to have patience and being yeah. a, I mean, patience, not with a T-S, <laughs> but with a C-E. Yeah. No, that, that's so good. I love as a church family, we can hear one another talk about, you know, our job, so to speak, our vocation, our occupation, and that matters to the Lord. Yeah. We don't check our Christianity at the door, like the gospel impacts it fuels your motivation the lens how you see people and situations mm-hmm. so just to hear you talk about mm-hmm. right then i can just picture you in the moment like preaching the gospel to yourself mm-hmm. of who you are outside of christ who jesus right. is what he's called you to and then that helps you love people and serve mm-hmm. people in a christian kind of way that's awesome yeah yeah thanks for sharing that yeah yeah so you bring a lot to the role of women's ministry and yes triage situations yes. all of it yes, yes. yeah and i so, can do cpr if anybody needs it so <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. So, so thinking about women's ministry, you're the, what's your official title? So my official title is very fancy. Like I am it's director of women's ministry. Yes. Director yes. of women's ministry. Do you have that on a doily anywhere? I do. You do. I have it on multiple doilies all across <laughs> Good, my house. You should. My Good. perfectly clean house uh, all the time. Of course. Of course. Awesome. Uh, so I'd love to hear you share more. You've shared how you came into the leadership role at Gresham Bible church for those that are newer to the church, maybe just have never thought about it. Like why does Gresham Bible church have a women's ministry? Mm-hmm. What's the vision and purpose for it? If you were to do like a Google search of churches, I mean, I don't know a percentage, but it seems like a fair amount of churches don't have women's ministry. Mm-hmm. So why does GBC have women's ministry? Totally. Um, I think um, I, we do have a mission statement. Our mission statement is, and I'm reading it, equipping women to be disciples of Jesus through community, authenticity, and spiritual growth. So I think um, originally thinking through why did it matter to have women's ministry, mm-hmm. I think that um, that women growing up Well, I was a woman who grew up in church. Um, I think that there is something very unique about women in the church. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes people can, um, can, can abuse the uniqueness in in kind of two different ways. Either, first of all, I feel like, um, you know, GBC being a complementarian church. So in other words, we don't have um, women elders or pastors at GBC. And I think that sometimes people think that being a woman in the church means that you are somehow less than. Um, And I think that that's a completely terrible way to represent complementarianism. I think it's just, um, I think it's very misunderstood by a lot of people. Um, And I think that growing up in even a household where my dad very much valued, I mean, I have an older sister, so he had two girls, very much valued his girls and still does, asks our opinion about all sorts of things and um, very much values us. And um, I think just understanding the difference in um, you know different different roles in the church and how God calls different people to different roles and that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that there's any um, that women are somehow not qualified or um, anything like that for different positions of quote unquote power in the church. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I I want to have our women from you know from Sunday school up really feel like they are very much a part of what the church is doing, that their voice is very heard and valued, um, but that also we do have a unique role to play in the church and how we can actually celebrate that role instead of like fighting against it to really celebrate the way that that God has uniquely gifted women and uniquely Mm -hmm. gifted men to different roles. Mm -hmm. And um, just, I, I, I'm excited about that and feel like I want to be able to, um, I don't know, kind of walk women through what that looks like. I think there's been a lot of different women who come from different um, different backgrounds who, um, you know, may struggle in one way or another, either with feeling 
um, like they can't speak at all in church or can't, you know, don't really have a um, don't really have a role to play to the other end of the spectrum of where it feels like women are wanting to assert their own power into things and like because they're capable of doing that they want to say well I'm, I'm just as good at that if not better and I know that there are actually a lot of women at our church who might be amazing preachers mm-hmm. um, it's not the lack of the gift there it's just the way that in which um, we're using it to the benefit of, mm-hmm. of the body of Christ and I think that God um, really spells that that out pretty clearly in scripture and i think that instead of fighting against that to celebrate that and to um so i love in my job i love being able to figure out um being able to talk with different women and figure out kind of where they're gifted and Mm -hmm. just kind of helping them um use those gifts to the benefit of the body of christ yeah and I love that part of my job. Um, I love kind of hearing people's stories, and um, that's, like I say, one of my um, one of my favorite hobbies is going out to coffee with people. I, love I it. also have jo- joked in my emails that I send every once in a while. I think that one of my spiritual gifts is the gift of coffee delivery. <laughs> And I think that that's probably somewhere in the scriptures, but um, yeah, where, is the list of giftings exhaustive? Yeah, you're oh, right. you're offering no. I, yeah, exactly. Yep. I am offering no. Yeah. Um. So I think that that when I think especially as a young wife and mom, um, feeling like I had gone from I was working full time before I had kids, and then going from um, working full time to only working occasionally. And then being at home with kids um, just felt like a kind of weird stage of life for me where it was Mm -hmm. like, I don't really feel, you know, especially with young kids, sometimes you feel like, oh my gosh, is what I'm doing even mattering at all? Like just how many more diapers I'm going to get and change, you know, all those things. And um, I had a great group of friends that um, we did a Bible study together through those little years of my kids. And I remember thinking, I really don't want to take this for granted because I know that not everybody has this and so I think as I look back on that time I realize that if I would have been by myself or if I wouldn't have had the encouragement of walking through a Bible study with somebody um, I think that things would have turned out a lot differently or it would have been a lot more difficult and I think that um, one of the ways in which I am trying to um, kind of meet people where they are Mm -hmm. is just kind of, and not just the young moms, but we do have a lot of young moms at GBC, Um, but just kind of realizing that it, it really is important for us to be in community with one another. Yes. And um, so um, the ways in which we're trying to do that, of course, at, at, uh, GBC with women's ministry is our women's groups, our Bible studies that have been getting together, especially over COVID. I kind of gave a little brief update um, through the church update, but just the fact that almost 70 women um, this last go around, this last couple months have been walking through the same Bible study together. It's awesome. Um, which is amazing and awesome. And I think that is a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to our mission statement that just talks about being, you know, making disciples of women through um, community. That's obviously a big part of it. And then through authenticity. And of course, it's really hard to be authentic with somebody when you very first meet them on a Sunday morning or afternoon, I guess now, mm-hmm. um, at church. You have to be in community with somebody in order to show authenticity, uh, true authenticity, you know? I mean, of, of course, there's little parts that you can see through people that you don't know well, but, um, you know, getting to know people better. And just, I think part of what I did not like about women's ministry or part of what I felt like was a perception is that everybody has it all together all the time. Hmm. Everybody looks perfect, has this perfect, you know, they are always wearing cute clothes and look Hmm. perfect and then have their cute little shiny kids on Sunday morning. And, you know, just everything is just very uh, felt. Stepford wives? Yes, Yes. exactly. Stepford wives. So I am like so anti that. Hmm. Um, And I think that 
part of that is we've done, um, we've had a lot of times where we've had people share testimonies. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's something to be said for, even if you don't know somebody very well, but listening to their testimony and just kind of hearing what people have been through in life just automatically yes. gives you this, okay. Mm -hmm. So like when you see somebody on Sunday and they are in their Sunday best, and of course, you know, but just understanding that we all have different areas of struggle and we yeah. all have things that we are currently, you know, battles that we're currently fighting mm -hmm. and um, understanding that you're not alone in that, mm -hmm. I think is really, really important. Amen. Um, and then of course, I think our, our last um, kind of area in which, and it's, it, it's the last in the um, vision statement, but it's kind of the first and foremost is that we really want um, spiritual growth to be happening. Mm -hmm. And spiritual growth is just kind of a hugely broad term, but we want people to, we want women to be growing in their walks with the Lord. And we actually are really excited about doing that through teaching women about um, about the Bible and about mm -hmm. how to study their Bible, like Amen. how to not just like read it as a devotional coffee mug slogan, but to actually dig in to mm -hmm. the scriptures. Mm -hmm. I think there's this perception that, you know, oh, well, that's our pastor's job is to really mm -hmm. dig into that for us. And we'll just kind of listen to what he has to say yeah. instead of like, no, let's crack this thing open and let's like study hard Love it. and let's learn and yep. let's grow it reading the bible for yourself and you know walking through it with people um is hugely impactful mm -hmm. it's it's going to be something that is the most beneficial thing that we can do yes as individuals but then also the most effective thing that we can do as a church and as a community yeah is just learning what the lord learning about the Lord mm -hmm. through the scriptures and yeah. about who we are because of who God is. Amen. I so appreciate women's ministry at Gresham Bible Church and how you and your team have led it and are leading it and keeping the gospel center, having it be word-based and not just like assumed or that's kind of mm -hmm. the background noise, but that's um, what it's about. That's the center of gravity. I know that's been a blessing to my wife and uh, the women of Gresham Bible Church. I don't take that for granted. I pray as a, a dad of of um, three girls myself mm -hmm. that they um, participate as they get older and they catch the vision for that too. So I just, yeah, appreciate um, all the work and what women's ministry brings for all of us at Gresham Bible Church. It's um, God's been very good to your ministry. So yeah, yeah. Um, Angie, I'd love as we're kind of drawing towards a close, we're in the fourth quarter of our podcast episode here. I'd love to just hear you kind of share from your perspective this last year, year and a half, however you want to frame it up, tee it up, whatever. It's been tough on multiple levels for all of us in different ways. Just what have you seen with the women that you're meeting with at Gresham Bible Church? What have been the the challenges over this last year, year and a half? Where, what have been some of the highlights of growth? You've kind of referred to some of those already. Mm -hmm. And then I'd love to hear you kind of then pivot and talk about, okay, what are maybe those opportunities moving forward? Mm -hmm. Where are those market disruptions in our spiritual life as a church that, wow, let's lean into this. I'd just love to hear you kind of share that with us if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, obviously COVID was difficult for many people in many, many different ways. I think that, um, that it was really hard not meeting together. Mm -hmm. I think that just like I said, I think community is such a huge part of the body of Christ. Like it wouldn't be called the body of Christ if it was just one particular member. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all of us. Mm -hmm. And so not being together for a long period of time was hard. And I think, um, there was a sense of obviously just missing people, just missing, um, you know, knowing about people and things like that. But also I think it went, it went all, a lot deeper than that in the church. I think there was, um, and I think that uh, both the elders and even in this the Galatians Bible study that we have gone through as women's ministry talks a lot about the unity yeah. 
um, in the church and how important that is. And it's really hard to be unified when you are not, when you're scattered, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So I think originally with COVID, so much of it was just people needing connection. Um, and then realizing that as we were getting together a little bit f- for connections, um, that people were longing for something more than that, too. Um, not just like, hey, how are you? Let's catch up on life. But like, like, what does this mean for, you know, it just felt like people had a lot more opportunity to just kind of think through what is important to them and mm. what matters. And um, so in that way, I feel like. COVID, I mean, for sure, obviously the Lord is on the throne and he was not surprised by any of this. And um, that not only, not only I think the ways that we can and have grown through COVID or despite COVID, but because of COVID, like Mm -hmm. we actually have learned and grown a lot because of this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that also kind of like mirrors my own story of like not just learning in spite of the fact that I was walking through difficulties it was actually because of those difficulties that God taught me what he did yes and so because of seeing that in my own life I am really it's not just that I'm optimistic I like am sure Mm -hmm. that the Lord is going to bring such beauty out of this. Mm -hmm. And I see that already. I see that in um, people really digging into relationships. Again, going back to all these women that are in these studies. Um, But not only that, people really being willing to be real with each other. Mm -hmm. I think we all just, there's a certain sense of, yeah, Mm -hmm. me too. (laughs) Right. Like we all have experienced some of that. And so there's just this, there's automatically walls that have been broken down because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that, um, brings a sense of like excitement when we're together, a sense of man worshiping together now, Oh, after not being able to sing together for so long, like now being in church and singing out with a congregation is like something special for sure. Yeah. Something that I know I took for granted for Mm -hmm. a long time and feels like I, I hope that I will never again. Yeah. Um, but I do feel, I feel really excited about, um, kind of what the Lord is doing, not just individually in people, but just corporately as Mm -hmm. a body and as people being willing to, um, you know, come together and to understand that unity doesn't mean that we all think the same way, Yep. but unity means that even when we don't think the same, that we are united around what's the most important. And that Amen. is the gospel. Amen. Kind of like the Colossians one twenty three exactly. again thing, right? Not to shift our hope from the exactly. gospel. Yeah. Yeah. How about before we end, I would just love to hear you share your heart a little bit, Ange, for what are you praying about for Gresham Bible Church, for the women of GBC, for your leadership team? Is there certain truth of God's character, a passage of scripture, just bring us into what are you praying for and about for the women of Gresham Bible Church? Mm-hmm. I think mostly I am praying for um, for the Lord to um, stir up in women a desire to really deeply know his word. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've said this before too. I'm a total Jen Wilkin fan. One of her, um, one of my favorite quotes that she has is the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. Amen. And I totally have that passion for the women of GBC. I hope and I pray often that women will know Hmm. the word of God, that Hmm. they will know it in their minds so that it sinks down deeply into their hearts. Yes. Um, When you, of course, there's the other side of that where you know, you can know a lot of things, but does that really affect your heart? Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's the case. However, there's just a lot of people I feel like, and especially doing women's ministry, I've learned more and more, just just because you grew up in the church doesn't mean that you know the Word of God. Yeah. And so I have learned exponentially more than I have in the last 
a handful of years Mm -hmm. just because of studying the Bible. It's just, it's so important. Amen. It's so important to know the word of God and to, um, and to have that sink into your heart for sure. Yeah. What could that look like a generation out from now? If, uh, the Lord does not return to that point that the next generation of Gresham, Gresham Bible church, men and women all have that passion to know God deeply in his word so that it fuels the affections to pour our life out for his sake. Like that's what it's all about. Um, let's give ourselves to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Amen. yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Life Together. This is great for you to visit our amazing podcast studios. Yeah, very impressive. Yep, and just to circle back, I hope for those um, hearing Ange, getting to know her more, she's a blessing to our church, her and her whole family. If you have questions about um, obscenely obese dogs, mm-hmm. Ange is a great resource. Mm-hmm. If you have questions about murder mysteries, yes. Ange is a great resource and anything and everything in between. So yeah, so thanks for for joining us together today on Life Together. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback, um, especially for Ange and her story and what she shared her heart. Uh, connect with her. She'd love to talk with you more about it. So thanks for joining us today. And again, a shout out and a thank you to our friends at Humble Beast for the music that we use on the podcast. Love you, Gresham Bible Church. Have a great week. Until next time.